Turned down for what? <laughs> Turned down. Indeed. Uh, so I feel like, I feel like we should talk about that boat video on the podcast a little bit. Okay. You go over it. Yes. What is the name? <laughs> I'll play by play. If you will. What is the name of the video? Turned down for what boat fail? Turned down for what boat fail? Exactly. Basically, that the... movie is gr- that video is great. It was great. Basically, look it up. To it's the, painful. To the song of "Turn Down for What" by Lil Wayne, a bunch of people were just going faster and faster on the boat uh, until it finally flips. False. Lil John. Lil John. Oh fuck! I, mean, I don't know my rappers. Fact checker over here. <laughs> I don't know my rappers. I'm not a little. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the computer today. I'm gonna be smart. <laughs> well, that, that's a stretch, but I have a glass of wine. Uh-huh. That will be the opposite. Be something. Right. That'll be something. Yeah, so in the the boat video, this guy is just hauling ass across this lake in a speeder. Yeah. And there's about... There's like seven people in that boat, too. Something like that, There's yeah. no reason they should all be in there standing up at full bore. Right. But I think the funniest part about that is is they're all like trying to act so cool and so serious. Like, oh, it's, they're, like they're not freaking out in their heads that they're going that fast. There's so many great parts to that video. There is. Like the fact that uh, if you watch the driver leading up to when he hits the wave that knocks him over, yeah. he's being all badass. Oh, yeah, he's he looks, feathering the throttle yeah. and shit. He's like, whoom, throw it down. Whoa, 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 wearing his, wearing whoa, his sunglasses, whoa. completely straight face, trying to be impressive. Oh, yeah. And then I mean, there's girls just, in bikinis. This, <laughs> girls in bikinis. There is... The, this was the, like... The appetizer to them getting boned. And then he moves like a wavy, wacky, inflatable arm flailing tube man in a windstorm. <laughs> wacky, wavy, inflatable just, arm flailing tube man. just got the engine shut off the moment the wind hits him. Just woof. Stop. Goodbye. Goodbye. There is one good thing about that, though. Huh. No matter how much of a prick he was for showboating like that. Yeah. Doing that kind of accident. As Barney Stinson would say. We almost just died sex. <laughs> That's true. That yeah. has to happen. Yeah. Except except he stayed like, on the right ground. Like, right out there on the water. See, see, the thing was, though, is at the end, like, they all got fucked up. Even the dude who smashed his face twice into the railing... Is still like, laughing and smiling. Is okay. The driver who just... <laughs> dolphin <laughs> dives it just to the side. He's shit. Just stays on the ground. He's just gone. He stays. That guy's not getting laid. No. The other guy might. He's not even getting up. The driver guy's not getting laid. That <laughs> dude has a concussion. Dude, um, I found this article on Vice.com called uh, American Suits Are for Worthless Slobs. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting because it just details like why the American suit is, a, is the way it is. Yeah. And it's actually based off of the British cut of suit. But, like, Americans want to be comfortable on stage, so they got rid of the arm pads, and it's, like, um, designed to make it, your shoulders look sloping, mm-hmm. whereas, like, a British cut is designed to fill in all the spots in your body that aren't perfect. Hmm. Like, it's designed to make you look better. Really? When, and, and, and it's designed off of military ship, you know, being in the military, like, making it look like you're always standing at tension, right. no matter whether you're slouching or actually standing up. Uh, and it's also based off of horse riding for like you know keeping the shoulders high posture. back, right? Posture. Good posture. So like yeah, good posture is sexy. So I mean, after reading this article, man, I kind of want a British cut suit. It sounds nice. That would be cool. I mean, I, I want to get to the point where I can just get a tailored suit, like the one that just fits me right, looks dude, awesome. We can find some Chinese guys and get you set up. Let's do it. Seriously, let's like, do it. Okay. I'm down. Heck yeah. I gotta make some money first. I know. 
They don't Dude, take they that don't, much money. Dude, they don't cost no? that much money. No. Not by Chinese guys. A tailored suit. By Chinese guys, it's cheap. Stop saying Chinese guys. Chinaman. Chinaman. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Stop saying Chinese. <laughs> Orientals. So by cut by Orientals, it looks real good. It, you're mispronouncing that. It's ornamentals. 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 <laughs> they hang off of Christmas trees once a year. <laughs> Little known fact: they're actually of German descent. <laughs> um, it's, it's not all about the tailored cut suit. The only time that I'm gonna wear a suit is in the summer. I'm really? Not, I'm not going to wear, wear a, I'll wear a tuxedo if it's winter. Why? Really? I'd rather wear a tuxedo. With like the cummerbund and all that shit? No. With a bow tie or with a button cover? Bow tie. Okay. It's a classy look. Yeah. I'll give you that. Fair enough. I think a tie, a regular tie looks better though. Well, you could do a skinny I tie on a tuxedo. That's true. You, well, you loud. could, I mean, or you could do the super fat ties, the, the cravats. Yeah, but then, then you look, definitely look like you're coming out of a wedding procession. I mean, only if you're a pussy. Mm. Or you're a sommelier. Perfect. <laughs> I That's a wine a person. Yes, a person who has an amazing palate. Right. But I am all about the, uh, the what's it called? The, um, they're like suits that you would wear on the beach. It's like linen bathing suits. Linen suits. Linen suits. <laughs> yeah. I've got a linen suit. I have one too. The the only problem with those is that they wrinkle like a motherfucker. Well, well, yeah, but all you, can't you, you just have to put some moisture into it. Or you have to take the jacket off every time you sit down. Sure. Which is kind of annoying. Well, but then again, it, it does... That's one of those things with... Even when it, uh, it does wrinkle on a linen suit, if yeah. it's cut right, it can actually look just as classy with a wrinkle in it if they're uniform wrinkles. Fair enough. That's really, it, really it, nitpicky. In it... The wrinkles, you know, have to be just right, and you have to look just this rugged, but not too feminine. In, like, in a, in a rugged modern, feminine. In a, in a modern <laughs> sort of way. Yeah. yeah, you're getting in. You're getting into some uh, kind of sewer suit, kind of sewer shit. If you're yeah, absolutely up there. Yeah. Uh, again, if you're I mean, at the suit, same time, why not? Yeah, it's true. Exactly. It's true. If you're gonna get a suit, you might as well be classy about it. Right? Yeah, I've got two suits I can wear in the summer. One's linen, and one of those is the fancy kind that like wicks sweat and moisture and heat away from you. It's like super thin made, and I wear that one in the winter because I'm a, um, a walrus, so I have enough blubber to support myself <laughs> without the need of a jacket. Right. But um, yeah, so th those are the two kinds that I wear in the summer, and then in the wintertime, I usually just wear, like, um, sort of a tweed jacket or something with, like, quilting on the inside right. to keep a little warmer <clears throat> and still look classy. I own zero suits. You own zero suits. We need to fix that. So, That's the sound of Pino, Pino Grigio, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Santa Margarita. That's a wine thing. Dear Diary, just got home from Florida. But you know what? Instead of writing in you, I gotta get this story out while it's still fresh. So check it out, because it kind of went a little bit like this. I got off the plane at a quarter of a nine. The whole time, all I thought about was making it mine. I gotta shine. Represent my crew in my town. Try city from the blind people. It's well, I think that's a good spot to uh, do our official intro. This is Shotgun Rider Podcast with your hosts, Joe McDaniel, TJ Moran, 
Jackson Long. Hey, yeah, yeah, you have to say your name, but I like to say <laughs> my own name. Yeah. Jackson Long. And, and TJ. TJ. And TJ. And Jackson Long. And TJ. Jackson Long. And TJ. I'll, I'll let you have that. TJ one. has to have the last <laughs> he word. He does. He has to have it. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking. Jackson Long. <laughs> well, I mean, we should probably do a little bit of horse stuff. Yeah, we should break into the horse topics. All right, Jackson, this is going to be a cool thing because this is like an unprecedented thing that's going on in the horse world. And I'm sure. Which I know nothing about. Well, no, no, no. Obviously. But it, it, it's pretty, cl- it it's pretty close into... to the public. Really? Right, because it's a part of the equine industry that's almost uh, mainstream when it comes to a sport, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is horse racing. Okay. Um, so as you know, the winner of the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby, Derby and the Preakness and the Preakness was California Chrome. Okay. California Chrome, it, there's been well, there's been this new thing um, coming up in the uh, horse racing industry where. They use the, they're called flare strips, where they're basically like... Breathe right strips. Breathe right strips, mm-hmm. like some football players wear it to keep their nostrils open or where so you, they can get more air in. Right. Or you wear it at night for like apnea. Right. But right. this is the sport. Uh, so they're putting those on and they were trying to figure out whether that's legal or not. Like on the horses? Yeah, whether it's performance en- enhancing. And so, because uh, California Chrome is the only horse in the Preakness that is going to be using nasal strips. So the argument is is that it increases oxygen flow to the horse in an um, in, insufficient or inferior horse as compared with a perfectly bred horse that doesn't need nasal strips uh, and it already maxed out its uh, uh, blood volume, blood oxygen. Well, see, volume. even with a... a... High end, more high end horse, I guess you could say. Uh, I feel like you could still put those strips on there, and it would still help. That's what I feel like too. But like I don't see why it would be an illegal thing because I mean, like literally, well, it's only with coming... sports like you have sports like football. I mean, you got new style of cleats, new style of pads, new style of helmets, like for aerodynamics, for traction, that kind of thing. I don't see why it should be any different than the horses. I mean, you're getting more oxygen. Well, flow. this is the way that it it kind of happened is this is because the California Chrome has won. Those two races and going into the Belmont could mm-hmm. win the Triple Crown, mm-hmm. which so hasn't been done since 1978 with Secretariat. Right, so it's kind of like a shitty baseball team. They start using this new bet, but they're horrible, and they they just don't know how to use it, and they suck and suck and suck. Nobody pays attention to it. Then all of a sudden, they turn around, um, go all the way to the World Series. Before that game, they'd be like, "Whoa, what kind of bet are you using?" It would only come up because it's an important right, right? Because because so far, well, and in my interpretation, it's sort of the crab in the bucket theory. Uh, You can toss a bunch of crabs into a bucket, and none of them will ever escape because the one that gets closest to the top will be dragged down by all the others trying to climb out. Yeah, I got a little quote here. This is uh, from Mashable.com. They got this from they themselves got this from ESPN. But it says, California Chrome has worn a nasal strip for each of his last six races and has won every time. Past Kentucky, Kentucky Derby and Preakness winners have also worn the nasal strips. Horse racing rules vary by state, and although Belmont Park officials had said in the past that the nasal strips would not be allowed, its rulebook doesn't specifically mention them. 
And so they're going to allow it in the Belmont, right? Uh, yes. The, oh, right. They said I, see, that I feel like, I feel like that's fair. Good. I mean, if, if they all of a sudden decided, you know, those nail strips weren't allowed, that'd be kind of bullshit because, I mean, other horses can, I mean, other riders can use them if they want to. Right. That's what I, it's, that's it's just the a, way I feel. It's an enhancing technology is what it is. Just, like I said, just like cleats and all that. There's a quick another quote um, mm-hmm. from the New York State Gaming Commission Equine Medical Doctor. What a title. <laughs> Uh, while there is research to indicate that equine nasal strips decrease airway resistance in horses and may decrease the amount of blood, amount of bleeding associated with EIPH, exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage to some degree, I am unfamiliar with any research indicating that equine nasal strips enable, enable a horse to run faster with nasal strips than without them. In the, other words, there's no evidence they have a performance-enhancing effect. Yeah, Be, but that's only for lack of a peer re, re, peer reviewed study that um, actually delves into this specific oh, topic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like Rogaine; it's only proven to work on the top of your scalp, but it works everywhere else. It just would have cost millions millions of dollars to test the rest of the areas. Right. See, that's why I think like with the nasal strip thing on the horses, like the fact is like if they were to make that an illegal thing. That would just be them just basically bitching about it. Right. Like, oh, we didn't get to use it, so you can't win. Yeah, that kind exactly. Of thing. Like, it's just a bunch of haters. It is. I mean, if you think about it, whoever whoever decided to put those strips on the horses and use those, that's a smart idea, and they use it to get to the winning. That's a win. That's a win. That's how sports, that's how competition works. Whoever's the smartest, most athletic. You know? That's, that's it's how a combination. It's not just who's the fastest. It's who... Who's, who, 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 is put, who works who, the smartest? Yeah, works the smartest. How much of a bigger deal do you think it would be if it wasn't the horse that was using the nasal strips? It was the jockey. No one would give a fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah, or even like. Not if, a single fuck would be given. Right. Although, do you think that they would take umbrage if like Usain Bolt was using nasal strips and nobody else was? I don't know who Usain Bolt is. He's Are the guy you, who. He's the fastest man in the world. Yeah. Man, I don't pay attention to any of this stuff. He's on the Verizon commercials. Oh yeah, okay. That guy. <laughs> a dude from like Kenya or something, right? What's the No, what's, he's American. What's a URL? What? Yeah. What's a URL? I thought I thought in the commercial they said he was from Kenya or something. No. No, oh, I'm wrong. And that was a little racist, I apologize. That, no, 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 it's stereotypical. <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it, okay, that's that's a better word right, for it. Right, that's right, right. Because most Niger- marathon winners are Kenyan or Ethiopian. Nigerian. Ethiopian or Kenyan. You don't hear about that. Hear no, about Nigerian. The, Nigerian. The Nigerian team just this past Olympics set records in like the 10,000 meter and everything. Right, right. But the Kenyans and Ethiopians have a, a longer um, pedigree in the, in the United States for winning marathons. Okay. Yep. They, always win, the tri- they always win the Usain, Usain Bolt. Bolt. His last name is literally Bolt? Yep, Bolt. No freaking way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dude had the right name for the right competition. I know, right? It's uh, I can't think of any other people who actually match that well, and it's their real name. It's true. But um, <laughs> like if some dude was playing baseball, his name was Homer. Running or something like that. Homer oh, dude. Running. Homer running. <laughs> dude, think about it. These specialist stories. I know. I know. Homer something. Who gives a fuck with his last name? His first name is Homer. Oh, and he plays Simpson. baseball. <laughs> Not Simpson. Simpson. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great name for that sport. That would be, that. yeah, that would be a great name. 
Um, but, so if Usain Bolt was wearing nasal strips, do you think that they would take umbrage depends with the fact? It, depends if he won before he was using the nasal strips. I don't know. Because I feel like it's a fair thing. You just get more oxygen to yourself and everything like that. Like, other runners can do it. If they choose not to, that's their own damn fault. Well, like the thing with, uh, fucking, uh, Lance Armstrong. The blood doping that they did? It's not exactly performance enhancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. But it's not introducing anything special to your body that wouldn't already be there. It's just putting a bunch of it there. Just increasing your VO2. Well, see, that's different. That's right. a chemical thing. It's a chemical thing. That's not natural. No, you're, you're basically introducing oxygen into the blood at a much higher rate. That's all it is. Strips? No, 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 no. The blood doping that uh, Lance Armstrong was doing. Well, I get the drugging thing. So, well, but if you take this argument further, take this, take this argument in the future. Reductio ad absurdum, motherfucker. So if we look at steroids are illegal in pretty much any kind of sport right, right now, right? right? Mm-hmm. As long as you get caught. So you can use, you can use steroids in the off-season as long as you piss clean at the beginning of the competition. So you still retain the benefits, but just cycle it on and off. Right. Right? So if... uh, But if they invent genetic engineering so they can actually augment your... Um, your your epi DNA, your uh, your epi, your your basically augment the ability to write your DNA code. Then what use is steroids if you can genetically engineer the perfect athlete or a better athlete? Well, that's a whole other animal, though. We've been through this. They get their own league and they become monkeys. <laughs> that's what TJ says. But but would they, they would they allow gladiator. exactly a gladiators. would they allow genetic engineering? Hell no, that would you be a military think, thing first. No, they'd have a they'd this have, is a, they'd if, have if a regular happened, person league and a super person. No, league. it would never happen. It would never happen. It'd be cool. It'd be really cool. It well no, it will happen in the future. Well, the, but it's, what, not gonna what it's not going to happen. It's not going to start it. with athletes. Athletes, so it'll be a military technology. No, it'll no, start. It, it starts with bodybuilding. And no. then it moves to the military, and then okay. it moves to the rest of the athletes. Okay, I mean, the way that makes sense. But the military will be the ones who develop it right. The ones who develop it into real genetic enhancement. Well, it's all the application of the training. You well, can, you actually... Can genetically modify these people. It, it actually, all goes into I, the Actually, I'm pretty sure that the innovation will come from Monsanto first. Monsanto? They, they're the ones that genetically modify all the crops for oh, the United States. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna, if, the, if, it, if it gets to the point where athletes are gonna be genetically modified and they have those leagues and stuff like that, it would make sense first that it would be a military technology. Yeah. And then, like, you know, basically advance human evolution in a way. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, you have these super soldiers that, you know, it's gonna be a secret for a long ass time. Long ass time. Because that's, well, you advantage. Know, that's advantage the government's not gonna wanna give up. You that's know, a, right now, in the, in the past and in the, right now, they're giving soldiers prescriptions of Ritalin. Adderall, New Vigil, and Pro Vigil, mm-hmm. so that they can stay up during guard watch. Makes sense. So basically, they're giving them these prescription, but yet un unregulated drugs because they're you know just giving them a bottle of thirty or forty or whatever the heck, mm-hmm. you know. So they these uh, these guys are the test subjects for these 
neuro, these cognitive enhancing drugs. I, I agree with you that there, that that will be the mass testing will be on the army mm. with, with genetic modification and genetic enhancement. Right. Though I don't think that you can genetically modify a pre-existing human. I think you can genetic you can only genetically modify. That's babies. how it'll start at least. I mean, right. if, if they if they get that technology, because that that's happen, how the, that's where we'll have that's where we'll develop. have to start. Right. That's how the that's only would make sense. Right, but, and it's and it's an imperfect science. Right, and you, you know, like ethical that would be considered for so long. Remember in two thousand eight, two thousand seven, when we invented the gene gun, when you just shoot random nucleotides at a DNA uh, strand and hope that some of them would worm their way in and create a new molecule. I never heard of that. That's that was the DNA gun. That's what they called it. Jackson, have you ever seen the movie Minority Report? I have. I have. Have you ever seen the movie Gattaca? Maybe. Gattaca. I love that movie. Gattaca! Gattaca! I know that. I, might, I know that. But I, yeah. But I, I don't think I've actually ever seen that. So, Gattaca is an interesting movie, even because of the title. Because Gattaca only contains letters of the nucleotides in DNA. G A C N T. How do you guys know this stuff? Just from guanine, adenine, thyrine, and cytosine. Cytosine. No. And, and thiamine. Thiamine and cytosine. Is it cytosine or is you know, it cy- 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 what I learned the most from podcasting with you guys? Is I do not watch nearly enough movies, <laughs> and I do not like. Learn nearly as much random stuff. Well, Gattaca, I I actually watched that movie in biotechnology with my teacher who was very um, uh, biased towards organic and all natural. Dude, every time you say Gattaca, it always just brings you back to Rafi. Gattaca! (laughs) Good thing we have a limiter. I don't think he knows what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the the point with Gattaca, if uh, if you ever see the movie, um, it's it, it, there's a Aryan race of genetically perfect people, right. and then a biological race of regular people who are conceived through natural means. Hmm. Right. They have didn't they have a different name for the people that uh, are the uh, <laughs> are the the genetically perfect ones. Well, why is it called Gattaca? What's the meaning behind Gattaca? Uh, it's, it's isn't it the prison. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, because it's Welcome to Gattaca. Right. I think it's the city. But um, there are it, scientists, there are a number of scientists who think that so-called junk DNA may actually contain extremely important, highly detailed structural information that is vital to the proper functioning of the body. Right. That's called the um, Acacian, the Acacian records. So Jeez. basically, it refers to the 97% of our DNA that is unused in the body and unused in each and every one of our cells. And the theory is, is that if we use uh, substances like DMT, ayahuasca, and ibogaine, we can actually gain access to that 97% of the DNA that's actually a genetic memory, a genetic history, so that all of the knowledge that humans have accrued over their lifespan, the entire lifespan of humanity, so 400, 300,000 years, is uh, released when you take these psychedelic drugs. So you're Damn. telling me, you're telling me that Assassin's Creed was right? 
So it it limitless. very well. Oh shit! You're right. Limitless. It very well could be, especially if you are involved in the theory of epigenetics, because they're uh, Leonard Kurzweil and um, uh, Rupert Sheldrake purport the idea that there is genetic memory, and in fact, there's memory in everything. How do you get this shit? It's not even on your computer screen. Uh, I, have, I have an incredible memory for random useless facts. Anyway. I can still never get names. <clears throat> there's only a few I can remember. But, so, Rupert Sheldrake uh, theorizes um, that, uh, and Leonard Kurzweil, who is actually a uh, digital futurist, he mm. believes that you can actually download in the future your, con uh, your consciousness to a computer and never die. And bring back those who have already. Just, so also, really, Halo Four was. Rough. They also did another movie. I'm, I'm referring to video uh, games because I played maybe. those video games. Well, well and the, because Di these guys. Versions. Uh, what? There, there was a the Johnny Depp movie that they just did that concept. Really? Where they? Um, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking I about. Think that I, looks awesome. It, I I thought it was Divergence, but nope, I remember not. that was a different movie. <laughs> yeah. That was not. No, that's not that. Uh, <laughs> that movie looks awesome though. So, but the theory is, there's many theories, actually, mm -hmm. but uh, the, the main theory is, is that your genes hold the memory from your ancestors. So, yeah, how would that be possible? It's though? a proven fact. Like, their actual experience. It's a proven fact. Well, because well, you're, okay, ma you're made okay. from your well, family. We can get into many of those. Transcendence. We can get into many of those area, uh, uh, um, angles. Of, of argumentation. Okay. But the first one, the first one to address is the fact that everyone, no matter whether they are born in Europe or Antarctica or in the tropics, everyone is creeped out by snakes. Joe's We're almost hard everyone. tonight. Almost everyone. Joe is right on it. So this could be a rec this could be a recall from our past. Right? So if you're freaked out by snakes, even though you've never seen one before, that could be your genetic memory the, of the rest of the people in your ancestry saying, if you see a snake, if you see something slithery and scary, run away from it. So you're saying, you're saying. And, it's, and it leads to the same architect or archetype, the same archetype yeah. as the serpent offering the forbidden fruit right. in the Bible. Right. That was just, yeah, I was going to say like that. But, like, what you're saying is with the general memory, like, basically instincts. Yes, yes. Instincts that are stored in your DNA, your See, genetic thing, memory. If I'm, if I'm understanding it right, like, still instincts in the animals and humans and everything like that is still very foggy when it comes to scientists. Like, they still don't understand fully why. Well, they don't even understand the missing link. Right. There are so many So if that was true with the DNA, the it would link. make sense. It would make How sense. How did we get yeah. to the missing link? Well, uh, uh, funny thing about the missing link, oh, some people think that it was aliens from Planet X, the yeah. Anunnaki, that flew, uh, flew to Earth and bred with monkeys. Yeah, knocked up some monkeys. To create humans that were the slaves of these alien race to mine gold because the, this alien race was subject of a runaway greenhouse effect and needed to shoot gold particles in the atmosphere to reflect the heat from their planet to create a cooling effect. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I wish Ooh, I could wait, send wait, a picture. Wait, 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 wait. I wish I could send a picture of Jackson's face right now. <laughs> yeah. My mind's literally just been blown. Literally like tongue, floor, teeth, just gaping apart. Because, because, first of all, I want to know who the hell believes this and where did this come from? It was a theory that was created in the 1970s. It's um, a really weird theory. Yeah, I mean, it's been... It's like fairly, Scientology weird. It's been fairly discredited. It's kind, yeah, I think it's, so. It's kind of like the stoned ape theory by... Um, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, some dude that smokes a lot of weed. Uh, he did a lot of mushrooms, actually. That would make more sense. Um, but his idea was that mushrooms... Well, spores are the only thing that can survive in a vacuum. So mushrooms could have been a species or a creature from another planet that were shot as spores on an asteroid and impacted on Earth. Maybe even during the time that the dinosaurs were ex- uh, were extincted, extincted. were take to, taken off this Earth. Right. Um, and and the idea is that these spores, the only way they can communicate with human beings or with those that are, uh, have a developed frontal cortex, is by eating them. So you like psychedelic mushrooms or ayahuasca or ibogaine mm-hmm. or any of these acacia, any of these DMT laden plants. And so when you when you ingest these plants, it gives you. Almost a uniform message. You almost always get the message of save the earth and and feel empathy for other people. So like this everyone experiences that? Ev- almost everyone. Huh. Almost every single person. Uh, there are a few, ex- a few exceptions, but right. those are the people whose brains are actually uh, discovered by an fMRI to be um, deficient or resistant to DMT. Hmm. Weird. Which is actually a natural my, uh, neurotransmitter created in the brain. DMT is, yeah. DMT. Yeah. Which is the craziest thing because nobody knows why it's there. Right. See, the cool thing is, is like, with all these theories and everything like that, there is evidence to support them and everything. I know. There's so many theories like that. There's so many. And, like, you can't prove or disprove totally. Any of them. And it, it just makes you think, like, what do we really know as far as like history and real like stuff like the origins of humanity, it, origins of the earth? I'm like it could be something completely out there. Absolutely. You don't know. Absolutely, it's a margin of error for everything. Right. Everything. And it's crazy. I, I love that about this world because it's mysterious like that. Absolutely. It's deep, man. I know. It's deep, <laughs> it's deep man. <laughs> but I, I, I like I like the thought behind it because it's the what if. But 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 anyway, the idea of the occasion records is fascinating to me mm-hmm. because you know it, uh, it could probably be accessed through years and years and centuries and centuries. Terrence McKenna was his name. Anyway, uh, centuries and centuries of uh, uh, of meditation of self-discovery yeah but it's a story that terence mckenna told there was a there was a monk that spent he, he went up to the buddha and he said i've spent 40 years studying the arts of meditation i have learned how to make myself lighter than air and now i can walk on water whenever i want and the buddha says but the fairy's only a nickel so the idea is, if you can take the shortcut of psychedelics or whatever, wherever it may be, go for it. 
It's only hmm. a nickel. Okay. <laughs> There's not a whole lot you can say to that without sounding like a prick. You lost me a little bit, but I, I kind of get the concept. Getting, getting to the point of nirvana. Mm-hmm. Self-enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, if it's for you, do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Plus, that, it's the finding that was Plus, this, back, this black guy looks great in a suit. Yeah, he does. Really does. Oh, he pulls off the tweed very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's a British he, he a British tailor. Nice. Dude's classy. Oh fuck yeah. Um, he almost looks like uh, on Savile Row. Yeah, Savile Row. That's, yep, the name that's of where the place. all the suits are. Where all the suit the tailors are. Right. Or uh, I want to go there. Like I think it's like Adbury and Turns and uh, LA. Something else. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Or you can go to anywhere in San Francisco and order your suits from Beijing. You can? Well, there's a few tailors there. Hmm. It's great, too, because you get perfectly cut suits with Turn stolen asser. With stolen prof, uh, stolen patents from China. Hmm. So, you know, a $2,000 suit could cost you $500. Right. Anything's got a price. Everything, yeah, there's a price on everything. Yeah. What do you, it's true. What do you think the average cost of a horse is in the U.S.? Well, fuck, dude. I have no idea. Guess. If you had to guess. Like an average horse? No. Know. Average across all horses. Not thinking about the horse. Average price. Does that include outliers with equal weight? Mm, it's iffy. I don't know. I'd say a few thousand to several thousand dollars. I'd say 1500 to 2000 Oh, I'd say it's way higher than that. I'd say the national average is about ten grand. Well, but you have a f- huge weight on the lower class of horses that are just ranch horses. You also and, have a huge like, weight on the upper horses. End. Well, yeah, but you have a huge amount of upper. You have a huge amount of upper outliers. Okay, I'm talking about. But I think that that, that horses. is not. Yeah, yeah horses yeah, that 15, are in work. Fifteen hundred. I'd say it's way higher than that. I, I mean, that's the average price that you're going to get at a auction barn. Still not. A sale house. Sale barn. I'm, still, I'm going to stick with four to 7000 But what do you think the national that national average for a horse from Europe is? Oh, dude. Not, I don't, not even a slightest clue. Yeah, I, I'd say about two to, to 4000 We are way off in our figures. I'm, I would say fifteen grand. Really? Absolutely. I'd say that's for the nice horses. But they also have a, a huge prospect culture. Yeah, but there's a fat amount of fucking just bullshit that you get yeah. from just, you know, shit breeding. Yeah, but you also don't have that same area that the U.S. has uh, for having those lower-level horses. Having that that's surplus true. They, that. That's true. They all, they all ha- you have to have a certification if you're a trainer. Um, I don't know. I suppose that's something we Google going to <laughs> uh, so that's one of those things I'm just completely in the dark about I'm just yeah. shitting in the pissing in the wind shitting in the wind but <laughs> I, I feel I feel like you and I are, are very similar on our views towards nasal strips I, if it's a physical advantage right. then I'm all for it right I mean even it's a, if it's a chemical advantage you know if you can figure out the right dosage of, of HGH or the right dosage of steroids 
Fuck yeah, I'd rather see a shit ton of home runs than just like a couple and some dudes right. jogging around. Sports some is... overweight dudes jogging around three fucking <laughs> yeah. triangles. Sports is a show. You want I to know. see them as awesome as they can it's, possibly that's be. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and that's the, that's that's one reason too. With like the it's... advancement of humanity, with the human race anyway. I mean, like honestly, if we have I mean, the technology to chemically and genetically enhance ourselves, why shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, even if we have. Um, Advanced evolution. I mean, uh, I really see even, no problem with okay, it. Okay, even if we take it out of the theater of athletics, say um, singers, they get nervous before before singing on stage, a right. big, big show. Do you think that they should be allowed to take beta blockers to uh, avoid those feelings of nervousness and put on a better show? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, that, I think the same way. I think, uh, you know, even though the beta blockers do... Um, mitigate some of your biological reflexes, you, some of that fight or, fight or flight response. Right. I think that that's perfectly acceptable. So why shouldn't it be allowed in sports? Why shouldn't we allow our athletes to actually perform to the best of their abilities beyond what biology can can uh, pr- uh, provide on its own? Right. Well, if you think about it, simplifying it down, alcohol. Yeah. In and of itself, you go to the bar, you alcohol drink. Alcohol is not performance enhancing. In a way, it is. No, it's not. Listen, listen. I'll it's, explain. It's, I will explain. I'll explain. <laughs> it's a poison I'll, by definition. Yes, yes. But, I mean, you go to the bar, you're drinking, you know, it, it makes you loosen up. You have better time. You're not nearly as nervous. It takes away nervousness. It takes away fears a lot of the time and boosts confidence. That's saying that all those qualities are bad, which they're not. I wasn't saying they were bad. Those, those are the things that keep you safe. Yeah. Right, so you're basically taking that away. That's not performance enhancing. That's basically, that's drugging yourself up. <laughs> it's performance enhancing if you're trying to get a girl at the bar. No. It, Why not? It, say you're trying to talk to a sober girl. Okay. It's not going to help. It may. It doesn't work in all As long as you're not instances. fucked up, you're fine. Right, but it also depends on the person. That's, I guess that's true. In a way. But I still don't see, I don't, still don't see how that negates what I was saying, though, the point behind it. Oh, no, not the point. I'm saying that your explanation is just shit. <laughs> See, I disagree, though. I disagree. All right. By the way, average cost of a horse in the U.S. between three and 10000 It's a shitty statistic really? from about.com. I guess four to seven. That's I was the, so That's right. the biggest room for error. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty vague. Three to $10,000. That's pretty vague. Well, that was, the, I think, what they were going for there was the fact that that's actually... A real median because it would be the next section would be 10 plus well yeah and i think there really should be two that. classes of horses you know there should be performance horses which are in a class of their own and there should be just horses regular horses why run-of-the-mill horses because obviously if you have a shitty horse or a shitty breeding on a horse it's either going to be dog food or it's going to be a ranch horse it's going to be one of those two okay Go so, on. so though that's gonna bring the average price down. That's gonna be your median of three thousand, maybe, for a good ranch horse. Probably fifteen hundred would be the median there. Yeah. And then you have your performance horses. Yeah. And those range from like five to a hundred or a hundred thousand or a million. Right. And, and so you could have. I mean, that's basically a different animal. You no, can't. You can't go. Not. You can't go out and run. The same a Grand Prix jumping pattern or a or a top level reigning pattern right with a piece of shit sailboard horse right so there there's the athlete class and there's everyone else but right? I'm not asking 
what's the average cost of a horse in this class? I'm saying average cost of a horse in general. Say somebody had yeah. X amount of dollars that they had no idea what that value was, and they were told, go buy a horse. They well, would have, I, it, by picking that median, yeah. they would most likely be able to afford it. Yeah, but I I don't know. I feel like they're not waiting enough, the dog food horses, in that three to five, three to 10,000. Well, I, I'm still saying that those dog food horses, those by themselves shouldn't, I think those shouldn't be considered as part of the statistic because yeah. The, yeah. Uh, a horse is classified in the U.S. as a uh, stock animal. Yeah, well, no, in most states. Some states, they're not. Right, some states are not, which they're they're declared like pets. Yeah, domestic. That's why you can't transport horses in a double decker trailer in California. Yeah, no stock trailers, absolutely. Yeah. Well, plus it's dangerous as fuck. I but you ever seen honestly if there's dog food? Do you really care? Highway? I haven't. Oh, full of horses or full of cows? Are you talking about like really? semi trucks? Full of cows? They're full of cows. I've seen those. Yeah, number horses. Yeah. Where it's got like uh, the cheese grater kind of size. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, like it's two like two stories higher or something like that. A couple yeah. years ago, I went to uh, the USCT Center. Luckily, it's in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and I took a uh, it was a technical large animal emergency rescue certification class. Right. And the first like two days were just constant slides of um, accidents that they had come up on on the highway. And how they had to fix it. Like, they were telling stories about how they'd have um, so many, like, hundreds of animals stocked into a stock trailer. Which, obviously, isn't safe. And not up to code. Like, you'd get pulled over for that. Right. Right. Um, And they'd have all these animals that are very injured or almost dying. And um, the veterinarians would, like, run out of euthanol. And so they'd have to figure out how they were going to humanely kill some of these animals because they've ran out of euthanizing agents. Bullet See, to the brain. Yeah, that's what I'm Well, yeah, say. that's what they usually end up having to do, but a lot of cops won't do it. Why not? Bullet, bullets cheaper because than they fucking can, drugs. Well, no, because this is the problem. It's like um, the law that that's in some states protects you if like somebody's choking to try and Save help them. Life. Because then if you injure them while you're trying to save their life, they can turn around and sue you. But that person's a fuck-tard, and they but, deserve to die. But that's the thing. They're saying that if uh, they fucking some of these cops, they'll be like, we need to take care of this animal. And he's like, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to risk doing it wrong and being that person that did that and caused that much pain. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's a if, little you're not, if you're not a dumb shit, shit but... if you're not a dumb shit, it's not very hard to shoot an animal in the Are head. you kidding me? How do you think you kill a cow with a bullet? Where do you think you shoot it? Right between that's the eyes. Cool. Absolutely that's... not. That's the hardest <laughs> that's fucking a, part of that's the That's a good question. I guess it's to the that's side then. very the great side. question. No. Mm. Why not? You angle upwards just below the forehead plate. Mm-hmm. So you travel up through the nasal, uh, nasal passage. And you clip the brain. That's a way okay, to do see, it. Okay, see, I mean, I guess that's the, you know, the easiest path to the bullet. But, I mean, you put your gun straight up to the head of that cow, it's not going to stop the bullet. Yeah, but if you're Johnny Law and all of a sudden you walk up to the bull, bull and just try and pop it right in the middle of its forehead, it's a pained animal. 
you're, you could possibly, A, cause it to freak out and injure other people, or you could cause it so much pain that it injures itself even more in an inhumane way, which is not okay. I feel like I feel like that's a very dumb way of looking at it. Why? Because you know, in America especially, we're all about the political correctness and the most humane way to do it. Go it's ahead. a fucking cow. Take the America card. Go ahead, do it. Do it. It's a cow. Yeah. I mean, where I come from, you know, you have a dog that's sick and needs to be put down. Yeah. Sure, you can take it to the vet. Yeah. Or you go out in your backyard and you shoot it. Yeah. It's hard, man. Who gives a fuck? Either way, it's dead. But yeah. That that part's really hard. Do you think you can eat that cow? Yeah. Absolutely not. You shoot it in the it brain? It will not pass. Why? Because you cannot have a animal that is going to die of something else be put into food distribution. But, but, but the rancher can eat it. The rancher can eat it, yeah. They can do whatever the fuck they want, but that's... Yeah. You can't sell That's one by one. That, that's very unique experience. So you're saying you, you can't sell it? No, you couldn't sell it. You, USD. No, you the, you the couldn't process. give it to other. You couldn't give it to other people right. saying that it's quality meat right. or well, any no, of course, potable meat. The, quality the, meat. The processor has to be the one that kills it. And they have to kill it in a specific way. Right. But well, we're talking like I, I thought we were on that subject of like a, a car accident. I was working a. Well, no, like, that happens. It's no, kind of wasted all, anyway. It's all inclusive, though. Okay. Well, yeah, I get that. It's all part of it. That comes. That comes down to economics and profit of a business. I'm talking just. General putting down of animals. A couple years ago, I was working on this ranch up in southern Wyoming. And we had about 14 cows one day that, you know, they drank the water down to a point where all it was was a mud hole, Mm -hmm. you know, to get to the center of it. So we got about 14 cows that got stuck in that mud and were dying of hypothermia. The first one we dragged out with an ATV and we had to shoot it in the head because mm-hmm. there's just nothing you can do for it. You know, it was barely breathing. Right. So I came down with my 45 and shot it right between the eyes, like you said. And it just started breathing heavy. After you shot it? It just, it, I thought it maybe was taking its last breath or something, but. It, it was still alive. It was still just in pain. Ooh, okay, so that changes things. So you gotta cock the gun again. Mm -hmm. You gotta aim higher. And there's already a bullet hole in there. And so you feel like a fuck. There's this fucking burnt, perfect cylinder right in the center of its fucking face. And it's just (sighs) trying to breathe through the hole that you created for it. Yeah, that that would be hard. That'd be difficult. A little different tune, isn't it? Yes. But I mean, I'm a hunter. So I mean, I'm used to coming up on a I played baseball once. <laughs> I, I'm used to coming up on out. animals and it's sitting there dying, bleeding out. out. Like it's it's trying, you know, taking its last few breaths. It's sitting there, it's dying. Yeah, it's in pain. I've yeah. shot it. Yeah, I should shoot. I use bows too, and I mean that's way slower. Right, but okay. Here, Depends. here's here's what it is. It those, doesn't bother me as much as you those regulations. But it's still, it's still, you know, you feel bad for it. Those oh, regulations absolutely. as to why you have to uh, end an animal's life in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Is the same thing as when you do your hunter certification. I'm sure that they stress the fact that whenever you're shooting, you do it in a humane way. Right. You're supposed to aim for the the, the vitals. Right behind yeah. the shoulder. You don't want it. You don't want to shoot in the guts. First of all, because it ruins the meat. Yep. Second of all, because that's a slow, painful way to die. Yep. Right. 
Of course, ethics is taught. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to abide by it, but sometimes it's unavoidable. It's not going to go your way. Right. So what, so what you're saying before is the fact that the different that there's a difference in how you should treat an animal between a deer and a cow. No. Cows are fucking retards. Yes. I agree. They are fucking retards. Yes. I've, barely, I've only worked with cows a few times, and the I've decided I hate them because they're asshole, <laughs> retarded pieces of shit. Right, but they, <laughs> but they should still be treated the same way. Right, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not saying you should beat cows. Well, yeah, no. A bull to the head no, is designed to kill them. Well, no, no, if it no, no, doesn't, no, that's the thing. Something's wrong. The way where or we you came, have bad luck. Where we came from is the cops that say that they, that they won't do it, and that the it's just. I think those cops have vaginas. I agree. Well, okay. How many of them do you think know how to properly shoot an uh, an animal to death? They, well, but they're they trained with firearms. I'm pretty sure they should be pretty good at it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're, they're trained probably to all injure. Be, yeah. mm. Cops are not trained to kill. If you think that, that's... If it takes any kind of training to know to put a gun up to a head and then it's going to supposed to kill it, you have to know we where. have failed as a human, as you a race. You have to know where in that. You have to it. know where. This is like well, the story sure. you just said. I mean, it's, it's, it's better, but I mean, I, I guess, I mean, it, it, what are we talking about? The crash thing? The crash scenario? Well, it's, it's the pure fact that in that situation, there are some people that are, are going to choose, no, I'm not going to be the person that does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a personal thing, I guess. But, okay. Yeah. I, I, but I'm a little confused as to what the point is behind this as far as the crash thing. Is it, should we like put a bullet in their head or no? Is that, is that what we're trying to argue here? Is that what we're trying to figure uh, out? No. We're, what we came from was the fact that stock trailers are fucking dangerous if they're overpacked. We, I mean, we've gone on some crazy tangent. Right. We weren't really arguing we have, about anything. For, no, yeah. We were just <laughs> sort of discussing thing. shit. Yeah. We, have, we have gone off on so many tangents. Come back around. <laughs> we've then stayed, we've lost the point. We stayed, <laughs> stayed on it pretty all right. We Decently. Too far. Yeah, I mean, at least we went to some interesting cool Yeah, we did. We did. We were at the missing link for a while. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah. Jackson. Hmm. I mean, this is the last point that I have. How common do you think doping is in horses? Like horse racing? No, in any the, in kind the of horse event. I don't know. I've never cared enough to figure it no, out. No, no, like or think about it. How often do you think horses at a at a, at a at a barn will get doped? Oh, at a barn? I don't see, yeah. I don't see a reason for it. At in, a the, in, barn? In, the rec, in the recreational world. For like healing purposes or oh, for like, like medicines? Or uh no, steroids, but used for to accelerate the healing process of the body. Or uh, used to accentuate a certain body part or whatever, I'm what al- may have you. I'm also including tranquilizers. Oh, you're including tranquilizers? Yeah, that's 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 the. Then a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the point I want to get is that you would never know, but there's so many people that the only time that they're on on a horse, that horse is drugged. They've never been on a horse when it was not yeah. tranquilized. Yeah, there are a few people like that. Why? Because there's a they're set state. Because, well, either they're afraid or they pay enough money where they don't have to deal with those sort of problems. Yeah. Like, both so Seems like a really lazy way of going about subject. that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it is. Uh, it happens a lot in the... Uh, 
in uh, like schooling barns mm-hmm. where they just like the teaching horses. Yeah. Because they have to accommodate, Idiots. if they're lucky, 30 horses to any number of people, whatever their clientele is, mm-hmm. all the people that come in. Yeah. Which are of all different ages, all different sizes. Most all different likely experience closer ones. to like eight horses for 30 to 50 people. Right. Okay. Right. So it's kind of like, um, you ever been to uh, one of those go-kart places where they're uh, electronic? Yeah. Parts, yeah. And they can dial in the speed. Right. It's basically what they're doing. They're put. They're putting the horse on uh, mini speed. Mini speed. <laughs> That's good. They're putting it in valet valet uh, mode. Ba- basically. Yeah. I mean, have you? Uh, how often have you you seen that in in your doped horses? Game? You know, I don't see it too often in the Western world. It's more like the physical or the mechanical innovations. I think the Western pleasure world's got a bunch of tranked horses. Uh, well, the Western pleasure world is, they mainly just selectively breed those horses to be able to run with their heads down, because, um, there's, uh, you don't get enough impulsion otherwise to lift them into that four, four beaded sort of mule gate. Unless you got one hell of a hot horse and the ace that you give it ends up bringing it down to a level that's coat. Copable. Yeah, tip, Capable. I mean, typically, Capable. I've ridden some Western Pleasure bred quarter horses, and, and they're just as smooth that way. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that most of it is actually the mechanical type thing, so you get a lot of tie-downs, and you get a lot sure. of German martingales, and you get a lot of, um, like, uh, pulley systems or draw reins and shit like that, as opposed to the doping. I think you see a lot more doping in wet in the, at least the Western world when you when it comes to like any kind of vet work or any kind of dental work or right. um, sometimes shoeing depending on the barn you go to. Right. That yeah, that's the most most of the time that I I've seen doping. Hmm. I've seen I've seen it in a show aspect. Yeah. And it's it, it's really weird to be around. Yeah. Because. It's such a play off of um, basically selling a picture perfect horse. Yep. And you have these little kids that have to go out and show, and they're nervous as all hell. But their parents are like, I want this horse to not, like, this horse is going to do okay for her. And all of a sudden you're like, well, shit. The horse has already done like six classes today with 12 other kids. It's tired as fuck. But if I let it rest like it should and then bring it back out, I can't warm it up the same way that it's going to be for just another little small class for a little kid. All of a sudden, you're like, trank the horse, give, like, give the horse like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 of ace. All of a sudden, it's a perfect show pony. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that, actually. You know, the biggest thing that you see in the Western world, though, or especially the reigning, is uh, um, local anesthetics. Yeah. Because you, they want their ta- the horse's tail to be just tucked and perfect all the time. So there's th- three ways you go, on about, you go about it. One of the ways is when the horse li- lifts its tail, you, you know, go ahead and hit it with a whip all the time. Mm-hmm. The second way is to shoot it up with anesthetic, local anesthetic. And then the third way is to go in with a scalpel and just 
cut the nerve and leave the horse's tail right there. Yep. And, you know, all three of the ways are effective, but most of the time you either you, you see nerve cutting. Huh. That's the biggest way. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like you're cutting through bone when you get in there with a knife. And just as you're cutting the nerves. It's a medieval sport, my man. See, that's that's the thing I don't get. Like, the whole show horse thing, like, with that, like, all those, like, little tiny things, such as lifting the tail. Yeah. And everything like that. And they will go to those lengths for it. It just seems... It seems useless. It seems useless. Well, it's yeah. It seems it's, like a waste of time. It's horse gymnastics. And then think about the gymnastics world. Right. Or the bodybuilding world. Yeah, same thing. Mm, yeah. It's a performance sport. I See, I, I always think that all those things are useless, though. All those I, things. I, I, you see, that's where I would agree with you. And that's where I would say that uh, then rodeo events or speed events or timed events are much better than judged events mm-hmm. in that respect. Right. Because it's not about the appearance. It's about the effectiveness and right. the speed with which right. you complete it's your It's about the result objectives. from what you do. Yeah. Less, less of the proper stuff. Like, like for, for instance, my sister has danced. She's been on the dance team since she was a kid and everything like that. She's awesome. Apparently, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about dance. <laughs> Shout out to Jackson's sister. Shout out to my sister, Malia. Hot. Kid's a good kid. Hot. I swear I will to God, kill for like you. six years, I thought her name was Malia. Malia? Yeah. That's no, Malia. It's Hawaiian, I guess. I don't know. Or my black. parents. So your parents my... named your their daughter a black name. <laughs> Maybe it's like. No, it's Malia. It's a. It's a. A Hawaiian name, I guess. Okay. My grandma's name was Tutu, which means grandma in Hawaiian. No way. Yeah. Huh. I thought it meant skirt in French. <laughs> hey, with the That's my grandma you're talking about, man. She sounds hot. <laughs> She's a nice lady. But with the dance thing, it's a performance kind of thing, and yeah. it's judged. They get a number based on it, and I don't understand it. Yes. I don't. I'll yes. support my sister yeah. 100% of the time. She's good. She knows her stuff. I just I, I can't comprehend it. Right. I can't comprehend the showy stuff. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand how it's scored. I feel like there should be a set scoring system that makes sense, such as speed, mm-hmm. racing, mm-hmm. and like football and mm-hmm. like sports where you score points. Like well, that makes more is. sense. And I can't. I don't understand the performance part of it. Mm-hmm. It is, but it, it's it it's fallen out because it's basically like gymnastic scoring, where you're looking at a move that is uh, decided on by a board of people on what the difficulty of that is and then there's an execution score of how well you do that and so the more that you attempt and how well you do each maneuver right see i get that but it and, seems so minuscule but i really it's like every little thing but i really really enjoy the fact that you brought up dancing yeah because dancing is a natural motion the right. only way you can teach it is through flexibility and practice of those motions right and practice the perfection of those motions mm-hmm. that's the only way you can ride correctly as well because xenophon had a quote that said a horse uh, so uh, a ballet dancer trained by whips and spikes is no more beautiful than a horse trained by the same method. Mm-hmm. So you must train these natural movements. You can't train them by hitting their legs with a whip or right. you know putting acid in their shoes. Right. You know you have to train them as a natural movement. Movement, which is the same reason that dance is so beautiful, is because it's only it's only the movements that are within the realm of 
possibility for almost almost any human to perform. But it's performed with such precision and such accuracy and such expression in relation to the music that it is underlying that it elicits a reaction within you. See, that, that, that is the exact point that brings me to my problem with judged sports. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, it's all opinion, I think. Yes. It's 100% opinion. You, you would take away, you have three judges, no matter what it is, horses, dancing, I don't care what. Mm-hmm. You take away one person, put in someone else that thinks a little bit differently, you're going to have a completely different Absolutely. Person. I agree. Completely I agree. different. And that's what doesn't make sense to me. There's no set system. It's pure there's, opinion. There's, it's going to affect one judge more or mm-hmm. differently than it affects someone else. There's no And s- they'll give you a better score for it. And um, There's no set... I, Image of perfection, right? For a dancer or any other, right? And I get, I get, like it's, I, I love, I like that they have that kind of way of doing it because it's like, um, there's just a different way of competing and everything, and I Absolutely. like that. But as far as comparing it to scored, like point based mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. I feel like they're just not anywhere in the same. They can't even be categorized together, not yeah. even close. That's Absolutely. actually one of my favorite things about that kind of judgment. I used to hate it myself, yeah. especially doing the, the whole horseback riding thing where I grew up in the hunter uh, equitation side. And so it's judged exactly like that. Right. And the point of that is you were like, if you bring in somebody else that thinks a little bit differently, you're going to get a completely different score. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My mother, she did the announcing for our shows. And so I would get the lowdown on... Kind of throwing my mom under the bus here. But I would get the lowdown on all the side comments that the judges would say. And this happens in the dancing world as well. Right. Where yep. Yep. going into a competition, you absolutely know that fact. And you go into it saying that, okay, so it's this judge. So I need to make sure that I'm key on this, this, and this because this is what they like. And it adds that extra little variable background of it yeah 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 it it makes it a a deeper kind of sport but it it doesn't ever show because technically it's part of the underbelly of whatever industry it is yeah Mm -hmm. because it's part of the politics it's seedy it's yeah it's It's a it's yeah it's a political kind of sport i think you know it's a political way of right and they don't always get it right right it's like politics and sausage man you don't want to see how either gets made like same thing with um, uh, referees in any like NBA, NFL. I'm sh- absolutely sure that the coach and the team know exactly who the referee committee is because they move in teams and they know how they're going to call games. Okay, yep. yeah, that makes. I didn't. I didn't think about that before. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. See that that may, that helps me to rethink my way of thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, because I can relate it to that kind of sport. I mean, you always forget about the politics because you never think that it's going to be there because people are supposed to be inherently nice. <laughs> inherently indifferent, but no. See, politics is one of those things. No matter what, you know, you're talking like real like government politics, you're talking politics in sports worlds, everything yep. like that. It's one of those things that I subconsciously shy away from. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just, it's intriguing and infuriating at the same time. The problem is, is that whoever has the most information in that particular instance can win. Yeah, or the That's most the biggest problem as well. Well, yeah, exactly. And the and the issue is, is that humans aren't programmed 
to find the truth through discussion. They're programmed to be right. Mm -hmm. And whoever is most right is the tribe leader. He who yells loudest laughs last. Yep. Yeah. So so even if somebody's wrong, like even if the world's 4,000 years old, (laughs) if they yell the loudest, they win. Therefore, they lead. Right. It's true. It's an interesting concept. It's a flawed way of things because, I mean... Then it's, it's not nothing's based on truth. It's yeah, all based on, but it, but it's all subconscious influence. mechanisms, right? Unfortunately, right. it's on, it's ingrained in our DNA to think that way. Well, on bla- bad cliches, <laughs> might as well say, "Let's make like a tree and get the fuck out of here." It's time. I think it's time to end, end the show. So this yeah, is uh, Shotgun Rider podcast with Joe McDaniel, TJ Moran, Jackson Long, TJ. Good night, Jim. <laughs> There is a girl out there right now playing WoW, Counter-Strike, Dungeons and Dragons that is beyond beautiful and just waiting to be found by you. Keep looking.